Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. To preach to you today. I don't think we'll get through it if I do all that. So I want to get straight into the word, if that's all right. If you are excited to be in church today and you are so glad that you are surrounded by some beautiful people, I want you to find three of them, three that you haven't said hi to yet. Tell them Happy New Year. Come on. And you can have a seat. And you can have a seat. Three people you haven't said hi to yet. Happy New Year. Come on, give it up for yourselves. First Sunday of the year and you're at church. Come on, congratulations. You made it. You're off to a good start. Well, starts well, ends well. Thank you for being at church today. We're grateful for you. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, my name is JJ. And alongside my wife, Liz, we have the honor and privilege of serving Journey Church as its pastors. And it is the joy and privilege of our lives. We're so grateful that you took time out to be with us today. If you're a first time guest and you're looking for a home church, look no further. We think you found it because you're surrounded by some of the most humble, loving, honest, passionate people in all the world, not even to speak of Central Florida. Prove me right, Journey Church. Put your hands together and welcome all of our first time guests. Big deal you're with us. Keep it going for Journey Church Online. What's up, Journey Church Online? Thank you so much. We're, we know that lately a lot of people have been getting sick and not been able to attend in person. And so we're really grateful for our online uh, team that makes it possible, all of our broadcast and people in the switches and the audio teams that makes it all happen. We're glad that we can bring this service to you and just know the moment you get better, we look forward to seeing you back in the building because there is something special about being surrounded by the people. And uh, I think sometimes when, you, when your faith is low, sometimes you need to borrow someone else's faith. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a big online church guy, but when I get in a room with someone and they're praising super hard, and I'm like, I need some of that faith, right? Let's get a little closer to them, rub off, you know, just the faith part, not any of the other stuff, but rub that off on me because I can, I can use it. Amen. Well, thank you, worship team, for being with us and helping us out. Uh, if you are new to church, I want to let you know about some things we've got coming on. Uh, coming up so that you can get connected. And then, like I said, I want to get straight into the message because I've got some things I want to share in relation to next Sunday, because next Sunday is a big Sunday here at Journey Church. To begin, it is our Vision Sunday, January 9th. Next Sunday is our Vision Sunday. And this is a special Sunday where we're going to make some super top secret announcements. And if you want to be the first group of people to hear it 0.8 seconds faster than those online, this is the room to be in right here next Sunday. Some really exciting things that we're doing as a community. But more importantly, we're going to be releasing, I believe, a release, releasing a phrase over our church that is really going to set the direction for us in 2022. Again, I got no idea what this year is going to bring, but I do believe I know where God is going to take us. I hope that makes sense. And I've been praying about it, and I feel like he's really spoken to me. And, and it's not just a word for me. It's a word for our church, and it's a word for you as an individual as a couple, as a family, and as your, for your children. So come next Sunday if you want to hear it. Be encouraged for this brand uh, new year. And also next Sunday, we begin 21 days of prayer and fasting, y'all. Woo! I'm so excited. I don't even drink this much water before the sermon, but I have been shouting for two services because I'm that excited about what I'm going to preach about today. Um, because if you've never prayed and fasted before, Today, I'm going to teach you how to pray and fast. Now, you, you need to know what this means for our church, like, like practically. We're going to be opening up the church. We've never done this before. We're going to be opening up the doors of our church. And listen, this is why we've never done it before, because our church has never had doors before. <laughs> but now we have doors. And now that we have doors, we're going to keep them open from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., Monday through Friday, here in this building, and from 9 to 10 a.m., 
here in this building, give you an opportunity to sleep in. If we're too far for you, you can go online. You can stream prayer with us. You can pray with us at that same time. And uh, so we invite you. We invite you to come and be a part for 21 days, starting next Sunday. And because it starts next Sunday, I got to prepare you for it today. I'm going to teach you the how, the what, the why, the where, the when, really, so you can grasp that and really go into next Sunday ready and prepared to launch into it. And just as excited as I am to teach this to those who have never prayed and fasted before, because it is the mission statement of our church to make Jesus and all that goes along with Jesus accessible to anyone, I'm probably even more excited to teach this to those who have been in church for quite a while. Because oftentimes, those who have been in church for quite a while, it's not what you need to learn, it's what you need to remember. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the aesthetics of faith, we forget the basics of faith. And the basics are basics for a reason, because they are foundational for us to build on. And if we lose our foundation, y'all, we lose it. And it doesn't get any more foundational than praying and fasting. So if you have got a Bible, you can turn in your Bible to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. If you don't have a Bible or have no idea what those words and numbers mean, the verses will be on the screen behind me, and you can follow along. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Father, we love you, and we thank you for today. I believe that today has the ability, that your word has the power this day to set and reset the trajectory of our lives in 2022. The destination is still up for grabs, and I believe very much that these next 21 days, once we start our fasts, and the word gets preached today is going to help us shape that and set that. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, to anoint this word and may it find a home in the hearts of the hearer like a seed in good soil. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been raised on the message of faith and have followed sound teaching. Now, let me pause. Let me go. Time out. T-T, time out. T-T, time out. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> You've been raised on the message. It's important to note that Paul is writing to the believers. He's saying, you've been raised on the message of faith. That is people who claim or declare to be Christian. Why do I have to say that when I preach? Because typically at Journey Church, we preach to the Christian, but we also know that this is a place to invite your friend who might not know Jesus. And so if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus and you don't have a relationship with Jesus or you're thinking about starting one, but you're not really sure, today's message is for you, but also not for you. It's for you in the sense that we're going to kind of talk about this amazing thing that's waiting for you should you choose to start a relationship with Christ, but it's not for you if you don't have one with him yet. It still applies. Today is kind of like the bait. I think when you see some things that God promises us in the scripture, you go, you know, I think I want that, but I'm, I'm speaking to Christians. And I, I think that's significant because oftentimes when we make a decision to follow Jesus, we think that our relationship ends with the sinner's prayer. So we'll say things like, Father God, I, you know, someday at a service, you raised your hand and you said, Father God, I love you. Thank you for Jesus Christ dying for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And that's where your relationship with Christ ended. But in reality, that should not be where your relationship with Christ ends. That should be where it starts. And there's so much more waiting for you on the other side of your salvation prayer. And that's why he goes, now pass. In other words, if you've given your life to Jesus, now what? Now, what's next? Because God's got more for you than just a prayer. Now, what? Paul says, now, now that you've given your life to Christ, now that you have a relationship with him, here's what's next. Now, pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there, and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. This insinuates that there are some bad servants of Jesus, and I don't know what makes a bad servant of Jesus, but I don't want to be one. Amen. Stay clear. Here's, here's one thing. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. So in other words, bad servants of Jesus are people who talk about God, but they don't act out God. They talk a lot and they get all caught up in the theologies and the pontificate. But when it comes to loving their neighbor, they're not good at that. Don't get caught up in the religious side of relationship. Here's what he exhorts us to do. Exercise daily in God. Somebody say exercise. Some of you can't even say it because you're so convicted by the way you took care of your body. This life. It got stuck in your diaphragm on the way out. You said, exercise. <laughs> Say exercise. Paul said, I don't just want you to have a relationship with God to start it. 
No, I want you to exercise it. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gym. That's crazy. Paul said, keep it tight. <laughs> Workouts in the gymnasium are useful. By the way, there is your Bible verse for going to the gym. Paul says it's good. We should work out. We should exercise. It's a good thing to do that. But a disciplined life in God is even better. Making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. I am so passionate about this point because I believe that there is a, a wrong idea of Christianity and God and Jesus in the Bible that the only reason Jesus died on the cross was to send people to heaven. And I want you to know that Jesus cares about your afterlife, but he also cares about your present life. He did not die just so that you can get to heaven. He died to bring heaven into your life. He wants you not to just experience heaven when you die. Hear me. He wants to you experience heaven while you're alive. Heaven in your relationships. Heaven in your finances. Heaven in your mental health. Heaven in your physical health. Heaven in your joy and in your happiness. Heaven in your peace. It said, it said that's why it said both today and forever. Heaven's great but we got some time until then, hopefully. So the time that we have, God says, you know, I've got stuff for you right now, right now for you. This is what we all have in common, what we all have different and what we have in common. Let me explain. What we all have in common is that we all want 2022 to be the best year of our life ever. Nobody here wants it to be anything less than that. Here's what we have different. Better means different to different people. For some people, better means, you know, this is the year I, I reconnect with my dad because we've been good, but we haven't really been good. And this is the year I reconnect with my dad. Awesome. For others, better is the year you reconnect with your bank account. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> reconnect with that mortgage payment that, that hasn't seen you in a while. <laughs> you know? This is, so better is for different, but here, here, here's what we all have in common again. Ready? What we all have in common, we all want this to be the best year ever. What we all have different, that means different to different people. What we all have in common, this will be the best year ever in that area of life if this year is your best year spiritually. It is what I'm preaching to you about today. If your life, if your relationship with Jesus in 2022 is better than it's ever been, every area of your life will be better than it's ever been. That's, a, that's what he said. Both, both today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. Look, look at the next verse. This is why we've thrown ourselves into this venture. Not just come to church and watch online. No, no, no. I've thrown myself into this venture. Why? Because he believes what he wrote, that if this gets right, my life both today and forever gets right. So totally, I love how Paul put it, we're banking on this living God savior of all men and women, especially believers. Please, this is the foundation of what I'm talking about when it comes to praying and fasting. Well, I want you to throw yourself into it completely. No reservations, nothing held back because I'm so confident. I've lived it out. I've seen it that when this is right, everything is right. Get this right. Exercise daily, Paul said which is the title of my message today. If you have not picked up on it by the props on stage, I'd like to speak to you on the topic of exercising your faith. Exercising your faith. By a show of hands, how many people have some sort of fitness goal this year? Some sort of fitness goal. Let me see your hands. Amen. If your hand is not raised, you are counting on the rapture. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Do you know what the rapture is? The rapture is when Jesus comes back and our bodies are taken to heaven and the Bible says that our bodies are transformed on the way up. That's what you're banking on. You're like, I'm not gonna shape my body. I'm gonna let Jesus do it for me. <laughs> you gonna shape it on the way up, amen. That's how you roll, that's okay. Well, I get it. For the rest of us, and most of us did have our hands raised. It's no surprise to me. If you look up the Google trends, that is what people search for. Um, people search for uh, how to get fit, and fitness-related topics more around January 1st than any other time of the year. Because people want to get you know, healthy and fit, everybody, which is great and it's exciting. And we all know people move, join gyms in January. Unfortunately, according to statistics, 70% of those who join a gym in January quit by May, which is five months. <laughs> 
Now, while I care very much about your physical health, I must admit that physical fitness is not my expertise. Um, but I do believe that me and your personal trainer have something in common. That is your imaginary personal trainer. We have something in common, and that is that we both believe that exercise is going to help you reach the fullness of your potential. And whereas your personal trainer will try to encourage you to do some cardio and to lift weights as your pastor, I'm here to encourage you to pray and fast because catch this, praying and fasting is to your spiritual health what cardio and lifting weights is to your physical health. So today is going to be a lot of note taking. It's going to be a lot of writing down. I got so much content to cover. I'm really teaching today. I hope you can keep up. If not, it'll be online and you can watch it later. But the gym and the church have a lot in common. So I thought we'd start there. And number one, here's what we have in common. Write this down. Being a member isn't enough. Some people are members of the gym. You know what that means? You got a key tag. But you don't engage. You don't work. And we expect change even though we don't work and engage. Now, I'm not a big CrossFit fan. I'm not a big CrossFit fan um, because I tried CrossFit one time and I threw up. And then the person who was doing CrossFit with me was like, oh, that's normal. I was like, you're brainwashed. <laughs> Throwing up is literally your body telling you something is not normal. It's your body's way of telling you stop, you know? But as much as I don't like it, I don't knock it because I have seen some serious transformations through CrossFit. And if you don't believe that, just I think there's a CrossFit competition on TV right now. You can watch. You see those people in Jack. They got abs coming out their nostrils. You know what I'm saying? It's so, so big. And they fit too, you know, lower body fat percent, all that. Which I was surprised when one of my staff members said that they were going to start CrossFit this year. I was like, man, congratulations. That's awesome. I was more surprised one of my other staff members looked at that person and said, well, you know, I've seen a lot of people do CrossFit and they'll be in CrossFit for years and their body doesn't change at all. And I felt like I had to come to the defense of CrossFit. And I was like, well, I've seen a lot of people come to church for years and not see a change at all. Hey, this is a principle for your life. Are you ready? Write this down. It works if you work it. Huh? Your diet works if you work it. Your, your workout plan works if you work it. Your marriage works if you work it. College works if you work it. Like, it works if you work it. But if you don't work it, it ain't going to work. So you can't just go to the gym and expect that to just do it. No, you got to lift weights. You got to run. You can't just come to church and just sit and just watch and expect that to work on you. It works if you work it. And that's what prayer is, specifically prayer. It's you working at your faith. And it's also the answer to the question that I get a lot as a pastor, Pastor JJ, why bother praying if God's going to do what he wants to do in the end anyway? To which my reply is, why work out if you're going to die in the end anyway? Because while prayer, hear me, while prayer will sometimes fail to change my outcome, Prayer never fails to change me. I pray and sometimes God acts on my prayer and things are different because I pray. I've seen it. Don't, don't, don't come at me. I've seen it. But there are times that I've prayed and what I've asked God to do, he didn't do. But I've never left God's presence, not encouraged, not, not changed, not transformed, not inspired. It might not change my situation, but it always changes me. When I pray, I feel better. My joy is different. My perspective is different. My attitude is different. My shoulders are back. My head is high. I walk with a little, you know, after I pray. I go into prayer like that, and I come out like that. Changes me changes me. And if you don't pray, you're going to lose whatever connection you have. God, in working out, they call it muscular atrophy. So if you don't use those muscles to lift heavy weights, eventually you lose the muscle tissue. You actually lose it because your body says, if you don't use it, lose it. You know, the same can be said for your spiritual muscles. If you don't flex them, if you don't ex express them, if you don't exercise them, you will lose it. So you got to put it to work. Another reason why exercising your faith is so important and is also similar with the gym and the body is because the results, why you got to exercise? Because the results won't happen fast enough to keep you motivated. I said the results won't happen fast enough to keep you motivated. You know why people join the gym in January and drop out in May? Because the hope that they had in January for their body to change 
does not match the reality of how their body looks in May. Because you see these like three-month transformations, you're like, that's going to be me. And in January, you got all these high hopes, and then May come, and you look exactly the same. Not even a little. You want to believe you look a little different. You don't even look a little different. And then you, then you back out, and you go, well, it's not happening fast enough. That was why I never stuck it out in the gym, because I always had the stubborn belly fat that I always carried around. I, uh, in Spanish, we have a cute word for it. It's called a pipa, and uh, it's just a cute way in, in Spanish of of saying, you got a little, little, doo, 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 you know, little, little Pillsbury Doughboy, you know, little, little thing there you got coming out. And, and it would never, ever, ever go away. And I would go to the gym and, and no matter how hard I worked, no matter how well I ate, it never went away. And here's what I'm, I'm talking about. Some of us, we don't have stubborn belly fat, although some of us do. Some of us, we have a stubborn struggle. And every time we stand in the mirror, we still see the struggle. And we pray and we read the Bible and we do everything right. And the struggle is there. You know what changed for me when I started to get scans? It's what kept me in the gym. I started to get scans in my body. And when I got scans, the, the picture would tell me, not the picture, the data would tell me, hey, you might still see your people, but this month you lost 3% body fat. Here's my point. When I could see what was happening on the inside of me, it helped me deal with my frustration of how slow things are working on the outside of me. Boy, I wish you had a soul scan. Because if you had a soul scan, you'd be so encouraged. Because even though you still have some stubborn struggles and some stubborn temptations and some stubborn sins in your life that have not changed yet, if God could scan your soul, you would see that there is more going on, on the inside of you than you give yourself credit for. You are changing and you are transforming and there is something different happening inside of you. But unfortunately, there are no soul scans. So how do I see it? Through faith. The Bible says faith is the hope of what is not yet seen. Being certain of what is not yet seen. In other words, while I do not see the results in my body or in my life, I've got faith in the fact that prayer and fasting works to change me. Just like I have faith in diet and exercise, I got faith that prayer and fasting works to change me if and if I don't see the results. I wrote it like this. You can put it in your notes. The faith in your routine must be greater than the frustration of your results. So when your life isn't changing as fast as you want it to, you go, well, even though it's not happening like I know it's it should be happening, I believe praying and fasting works. So I'm going to pray, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to get in a small group, and I'm going to keep working at this, even if I don't see, even if I still got the stubborn struggle. You got to have faith in your progress, in your routine. Go at it. The results will follow. You got to work out. You got to exercise your faith. Why? Number three, because progressive overload is how you progress. If you've ever been at the gym, then you know a little bit about how this works. Progressive overload is when you increase the weight because the weight that you have, you've already mastered. And so, for example, if I go to the gym and I lift up five pound weights and I, and I just crush those five pound weights, here's what I can't do. Next week, do five pound weights again. But some of us do that. Some of us get so comfortable and so cocky with the five pound weights. We go back next week and we just pick up the five pound weights again. Just You know, just, just, why? Because we figured it out and we mastered it. Yeah, but you know what another word for mastered is? Stuck. You know what you got to do now if you want to keep going? You got to put down the five pound weights and you got to pick up the 10 pound weights. Or if you're like me, the 7.5 weights. <laughs> why? Why? Because I'm not trying to win Mr. Olympia. I'm just trying to get a little bit stronger today than I was yesterday. You know, the goal of Christianity is not to be Jesus tomorrow. It's to just be a little bit more like Jesus today than you were yesterday. Just go a little bit. So what does that look like? Well, for different people, it looks like different things. Maybe you've been sitting for a long time. You need to get on a team. Progressive overload. Add some weight. Maybe you're on a team. You're, you're on an online team, but you're not in a small group. Get in a small group. Add a little bit of weight. For my wife and I, we do that in our generosity. You know what determines the amount that we give every year to our legacy offering? Not how we did financially that year. We look up, we pull out our giving record for the guests the pastor gives to the church. We look up at the giving record. I see what I gave in 2020. Then Liz and I sit down and we say, all right, we got to give more than what we gave in 2020. So what do we have to put in the legacy offering to give more? Because we're trying to progressively overload. 
I wrote it like this. If it's not heavy, you're not growing. Did you hear that? If it's not heavy, you're not growing. If it's not a challenge, you're not changing. Got to set yourself up for a challenge in your life. And finally, the reason why we got to exercise the faith is because what happens here cannot compete with what happens at home. You know, in the gym, it doesn't matter how much you work out. If at home, what do they say? You can't outwork a bad diet. Can't outwork a bad diet. You can lift all you want and work out all you want. But if you go home and eat junk food all day and you eat trash all day and you eat candy all day, you're just going to be a strong, heavy person. That's it. You're going to be a strong, heavy person. If you don't get the diet right, what's, what's at home can destroy all the progress you made at the gym. Now, here's how it works. That's how it works in the natural. Here's how it works in the spiritual. It's the same, but the reverse. Because in the spiritual, look how I wrote it. You can write it down. Church is where your faith is fed, but home is where your faith is exercised. So here you eat. You eat. You eat. And this is me serving you every day, Sunday. And you're eating and you're eating. But if you don't exercise at home what you eat here, what's at home, what happens here can't compete with what you do at home. You gotta, this is why Paul said, avoid spiritual flabbiness. What's he saying? Avoid being the kind of Christian that loves to ingest, but doesn't process, doesn't exercise, doesn't put it to work. If you don't put it to work, it can't work in you. And, and I love that the fact that we get to gather and you get to watch online, but you are not meant to just consume this material. You are meant to put this material to work. Exercise it. So how do we exercise in the faith? I'm glad you asked. There's a beautiful metaphor in fitness, I think, and that is in fitness, you can pretty much separate fitness into two categories, cardio and resistance training. And I believe that it really is a metaphor for how we build up in our faith. Because in our faith, I believe we have praying and we have fasting. So I'm gonna use these metaphors to teach you about prayer and fasting today. And I wanna begin with cardio, because I believe that cardio equals prayer. Cardio is like prayer. At the 9.30, I couldn't turn this thing on because the, the key magnet wasn't in there that protects it. And it took me like a minute while I was preaching to figure that out. <laughs> and then when I did realize what it was, then I had to preach about it like I meant to. So I was like, it's red for the blood because it doesn't start without Jesus. Because <laughs> your pastor can flow like that. Um, so cardio. Why is prayer like cardio? Because prayer works on your heart. And cardio works on your heart. Now, <laughs> we're all the people who hate cardio. I hate cardio so much. Oh my gosh, I hate cardio. Here's one of the reasons why I hate cardio. Because cardio is not sexy. <laughs> what I mean by cardio is not sexy. I mean, it doesn't develop any of your sexy muscles. What I mean by sexy muscles, I don't know, whatever you think sexy muscles are, but I think for most guys, sexy muscles are like, you know, the biceps and the chest and the back muscle that's so tight, you have to turn like this to look at other people and you think you look cool, but you're really just scary and you're just, you know, maybe... If that's you, don't beat me up after service. Um, you know, that, and for ladies, you know, it's the butt. I'm, not, I'm just saying. You can tell all the ladies at the gym, lower body workouts is all they do. That's it. Deadlifts, squats, just the hip thrusts, all, all day. Five days a week, all day. Not that I'm watching, because I go with my wife, and she, she tells me. <laughs> I'm very honed in on the Lord when I'm working out. But she tells me these things, and... And so we, we, we like to focus on the things in our life that everybody sees. But prayer is like cardio because nobody sees your cardio and nobody sees your prayer life. It's in the sea. It's the one selfie you will never find on social media, huh? Right? You'll see people, I'm feeding the homeless, you know, going on a mission trip, just preached a great message, got used by God in worship today. Here's the selfie you will never find. Right? Just spent 30 minutes, just spent one hour in the Lord's presence. Oh, 
You know, putting their comments in tongues on the body. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Because nobody sees it. And because nobody sees it, we think it's not important. So we focus on the muscles, you know? I'm gonna do this, I wanna serve, and I wanna preach, and I wanna lead, and I wanna be on a team, and I wanna do that, I wanna do all these amazing big things for God. Well, that's cool, you could be all big. I hope your casket is big too. Because if you don't work on your heart, you could look fine as all get out, but because you got no cardiovascular health, you die. Here's what I promise you, here's what I tell you. If you don't perform the cardio of the soul, pray. Your relationship with Jesus will die. I didn't expect a lot of amens. Didn't expect a lot of hand claps. You're not supposed to clap on the word die. But it's truer than anything you've ever heard. If you don't pray, you won't be in church for long. If you don't pray, you won't be in love with Jesus for long. If you don't pray, your connection with God will dissipate. If you don't pray, this thing that should be real turns into religion. This thing that should be faith turns into fake. If you don't pray, it all collapses. It all, it's, the car, it, it's the thing that pumps everything else. Well, what does that say in the Bible? Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 38. Verse 36, the Pharisees asked Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In the law, there were 613 commandments in the law. And so, and so they're asking Jesus, which is the one that you want us to do more than the other ones? And the, the Pharisees, who are the religious teachers of that day, they had really overcomplicated it because there were only 10 commandments, but they made 613 different laws. And so Jesus says, you are overcomplicating it. And 613 things is overwhelming for people. So let me, let me simplify this. You ready? Anybody who wants to realize how to have a relationship with Jesus, but you're confused and overwhelmed by all the verses in the Bible? Let me summarize it for you. Here's the most important one. Put it on the screen. Love the Lord. This is what Jesus says. Your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Here's what Jesus is saying. You keep focusing on the outward expression of Christianity and Jesus, but I'm concerned with the inward health of your Christianity. And your inward health is not determined by all the great things you do for God, it's determined by whether or not you even love God. Because God loves you, you're missing, oh, catch this, you're missing the heart of it all. Because if you fall in love with God, everything else just makes sense. And someone says, well, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't have to work at falling in love with God. He should just be so beautiful. You just love that it is. It's, okay, try that with your spouse. Try to not work at that. I'm going to tell you what, my wife is beautiful and she's amazing. But every once in a while, we have weeks in our marriage that remind me that we got to work at our marriage. Like, I'm not going to, you know, mention anything specific because my business isn't your business. But, you know, it would... It would be like, like, imagine this crazy scenario, like if I accidentally left my cup in the sink one time, but I washed it for six months, but the one time in six months that I decided not to wash it because I was busy at the moment, she finds it and then sits me down and has a conversation with me about how irresponsible it is of me to not wash the cup that I didn't wash. I had washed cups for six months and then how it makes her feel unloved because cup is not washed but I did wash it for six months but six months it's like they didn't even happen all that happened was the one time that I didn't wash the sink cup but that, that didn't happen that didn't happen this week I was like completely hypothetical scenario that I heard about from a friend and then sometimes in those, those weeks, you know, it, it, it gets hard and it gets worse. But then, you know what helps me stay married? We got date night every week. And on date night, we sit down and we watch a movie and she gets all dressed up and, and she laughs and makes a joke. And I'm like, oh, you're so funny, girl. And then she'll like quote a Bible verse. And I'm like, man, you love Jesus. And, and then, you know, then she'll, other things will happen on date night. <laughs> That'll remind me why I got married. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter how beautiful she is if I don't take time to remember how beautiful she is. Are you ready for the application? It doesn't matter how good God is if you don't take time to remember how good he is. 
If you don't take time to remember how beautiful he is. If you don't take time to remember how special he is. And that's what prayer is, y'all. Prayer is you taking time out of your day before the world gets crazy to remember, oh, that's why I go to church. Oh, that's why I read my Bible. Oh, that's why I sing worship songs. Because you're beautiful and you're good and you provide and you protect and you died on the cross for me and I can feel your presence today. The days that I feel like giving up on Jesus, what keeps me going with Jesus is sitting in his presence and being consumed by his spirit and knowing in that moment, this is why. It's not about the building or the members or the growth or the sermons. It's you love me. And if I get that right, I get it all right. If you don't pray consistently, don't expect to be here consistently. This thing doesn't work if you don't pray. But that's the good part of cardio, that it works on your heart. You're ready for the bad part of cardio? Here's the bad part of cardio. Prayer can feel routine, just like cardio can feel routine. Just by nature, put it on the screen, prayer can feel routine. Here's just, look, I'm walking, put it on the screen. Prayer can feel routine. Or not, whatever you want to do. Um, it, here's, here's how depressing cardio is. I'm moving, but I'm not going anywhere. Huh? Has prayer ever felt like that? You're like, you get there, <laughs> you get there, you're like, I'm gonna pray. And then you get there and you're like, uh, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna pray. Uh, God, love you. Thank you for air. Love the air. And thank you for life. All right, see you tomorrow. And then, and then it comes again, and God, thank you, uh, next day, uh, for air. And it can feel routine, because it happens every day. But here's the secret, ready? It's routine by design. Like, it's designed to feel routine, and here's why. Job chapter one, verse five. If you don't know about Job, Job was like a super wealthy guy back in the Bible. He had many businesses that were successful, he had a wonderful big family, had a beautiful wife, and had tons of money. You know, the billionaire before billionaires existed. Rich dude. And here's his secret to it, by the way. Job 1.5. Early in the morning, Job would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice. This was Job's what? Say it again. This was Job's? Now let's pretend like everybody does it at the same time. This was Job's? I wanted you to repeat it because I needed you to emphasize and get it in you that every morning Job would get up and pray for his kids and he would pray and talk to the Lord and he would worship the Lord. So teenagers who are in the room today, this is what your parents do every morning. They get up and they say, Lord, they're crazy. Please protect them. Keep them safe. I don't know what they did last night. If, you, if you're an adult, I want you to know your mom is still doing this for you, praying for you, believing in you. Regular custom, regular custom. And one day, Job loses it all is all his children die, all of his businesses fail, and all of the money in his bank account is gone, all within 60 seconds of each other. The Bible says one messenger came, then the other messenger came, and the other messenger came. Within 60 seconds, Job loses it all. Look at his response to losing it all. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, then he fell to the ground in depression. Is that not what your Bible says? My bad. Let me try again. Then he fell to the ground in fear, in panic, in worry. Oh, then he fell to the ground in worship and said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, but may the name of the Lord be praised. How in the world did that trial not absolutely devastate Job? I'll tell you, <laughs> because every day he would pray. Listen, prayer is routine so that you know where to run. Every day he would get up on Monday. This is you, every day. Father God, love you. Thank you for air. Amen. Tuesday, Father God, love you. Thank you for air. Amen. Wednesday, Father God, I love you. Thank you for air. Amen. And it gets boring and it gets silly and it might feel like you're not going anywhere. But when you wake up Thursday and find out that your mother's been diagnosed with cancer, you find out your kid just got into a car accident, 
you find out that all your cryptocurrency just got stolen. You get back on that treadmill, having nothing to your name anymore, and it's the same words, but it means something different. Father, thank you. I love you. Thank you for air. I got nothing else to give God thanks for. So you know what, Lord? You're still good, even though everything's been taken, even though everything's been stolen from me. You're still good. I still love you. You're still faithful. I, I press. And you know why I can do that? Because I've been doing it every single day. Are you ready? This is why they made you do fire drills when you were a kid in school. Because they knew that if the fire actually happened, you'd be too panicked to know where to go. So they had to teach it to you during regular times so that when things got crazy, you know exactly, you didn't even have to think about it. You got to have a prayer life. So when the fire hits your life, you don't even got to think about it. You know exactly where to run. You know exactly where to go. Because I've been going there every single day. I've been going into the throne room every day. I've been worshiping God every day. I've been praying every day. So I know where to run when it gets hard. And I know where to run when it gets heavy. I run to my strong tower. So how to pray, how to pray. I'm going to teach you really quickly how to pray. Two things you need to know how to pray. And I know that's a big statement. We could do a whole sermon series on prayer, and we will later this year. But two things you can know on prayer. First off, you have to set a time and a place. Set a time and a place to pray. Hey, if you were going to go on a date with somebody, you would do that, wouldn't you? Could you imagine asking someone out, and then they say yes, and then you go, see you there. See, see you there. Hope you show up at the same place at the same time. No. If you're going to go out with somebody, you got to make an appointment. You got to set a location and a time. Why don't we do that with prayer? Here's what happens if you don't do that. 21 days of prayer are going to come. It's going to be Sunday morning. It's when it starts. You're going to get up and you're going to go. All right. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And you're going to get in your car and get dressed. You're going to come to church because you haven't set a day and a time to meet with God. And it can be, and let me tell you something, God is flexible. He will bend to your schedule. You want to meet God at 6 a.m. at a Starbucks for 15 minutes? He'll meet you. You want to meet God in your car for 30 minutes as you drive to work? He'll meet you. Whatever schedule, as long as he, he just wants to be in the schedule. Just put him in the schedule. He'll meet you wherever. Can I suggest a time and a place? How about like, I don't know, like, this is off the top of my head, absolutely no preparation in advance, but like, January 9th through the 29th here, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Saturdays, 9 to 10 a.m. Just saying, just throwing it out there. Maybe this can be your time and place for 21 days. Got to do it. Here's the second thing. Once you set a time and a place, you got to decide on a plan. Sometimes we get into God's presence, ready to pray, and we just don't know what to say. And it's because we didn't have a plan before we went into it. And so there is no one right way to pray. I don't think, I mean, I would say the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus taught us to pray, is probably the closest to it. Um, you definitely want to be praying to the right person. That's the beginning. But uh, I'm going to make prayer as simple as I can. You know, our mission statement here at Journey Church is to make Jesus accessible to anyone. I think that extends to prayer, extends to fasting. And so I'm going to make prayer very simple for you. I'm going to make it and turn it into an acronym, P-R-A-Y. If you want to pray, this is, again, not the way to pray, but if you're looking for a model, you can take a picture of this. If you're looking for a model, that's a good model to have. We'll start with P, praise. Praise. The Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so praise means give thanks. Whenever you start in prayer, the first thing you want to do is give thanks to God. Why? Because you need to remind your situation who you serve. As you begin to give God thanks for everything he's done, you go, oh, okay. Then if he could do that in the past, he definitely for sure going to be able to do this. And so you start with praise. God, I thank you. So you start going down the list. God, I thank you for my home. I thank you for my family. I thank you for the job. I thank you for air. I thank you for my legs. I thank you for this, this church. I thank you for, 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 for dying on the cross. I thank you. Start with praise. Once you finish with praise, you go to our requests. God does not mind you requesting. As a matter of fact, he says you have not because you ask not. And so request for the Lord. Make a list. Well, how much things do I put on the list? I don't want to overwhelm God. Can I tell you right now, there's not enough on your list. Well, I don't want to bother him with the little things. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Put it on the list. Ask for him to intervene in your situation. After you request for your needs, he's going to do attack, fight for those you love. We call this in church intercession. So dads, this is when, after you finish praying for your needs, this is when you start praying for your kids. And this is when you start praying for your brothers and your sisters. 
This is where you start praying for your neighbor, your mom or your dad or your coworker or your, or your boss or employer or employee attack. And then finally, why? Yield. Yield. Give it to God. Play a worship song. A lot of people misunderstand the word we say at the end of prayer. Great. We're going to keep it up on the screen so you can take a picture of it. We're going to, uh, the word we say at the end of prayer, do you know what that word is? When we finish praying, we say a. Yeah, we say amen, but a lot of us say that and we don't know what that means. Amen literally means I agree. So when someone is leading a prayer and everyone says amen, what we're saying is I agree with what that person prayed for. But why do we say amen if we're praying by ourselves? I'll tell you why. Because we're saying, God, I'd love you to do this in my life. I'd love you to do this in the lives of those I love. Here, here comes the amen. But whatever you plan to do, Lord, I agree. Amen. I yield my will to your will. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That was the key right there to the Lord's prayer at the very end. You do what you want to do. And I like to do that with worship music. At the end, when I say, God, you do what you want to do, I play a worship song and I just let the moment and I just let God's presence kind of be with me and I surrender. So P-R-A-Y, praise, request, attack, yield. That's prayer. Now let me go to fasting really quickly. I believe that fasting is best exemplified by resistance training, or as you and I know it, weightlifting. Resistance training. Resistance to deadlift right here. Resistance training. Lock it up. Resistance training. Here's why fasting is like resistance training, because fasting helps you resist. Fasting helps you resist. This might look like I'm lifting the weight, but in all actuality, I'm not lifting the weight. You know what I'm doing? I'm resisting the weight from bringing me down. Here's what fasting does. Fasting is your spirit resisting your flesh from bringing you down. When you fast, what you're telling your flesh is, because here's the thing about your flesh. Your flesh does not want what's best for you. Did you know that? Don't fall to the philosophy of listen to your instincts, follow your appetite. Don't. Because when I go to Chick-fil-A and she asks me if I want it grilled or crispy, my flesh always says crispy. <laughs> Even though crispy is not good for me and my spirit says grilled. <laughs> but why, why, why do I bring that up? Because the flesh doesn't want what's best for you. It wants what it wants. You hear that? Don't trust it. So, so what I'm telling my flesh is, I know you want this weight to bring me down. I don't want to lift this weight right now. Nothing in my body wants to lift this weight. This is exhausting. This is tiring. This is the third service I preach this. I got a wedding ring on right now. This weight is digging into my ring finger right now. But guess why I'm resisting? I'm telling my body, you don't get to tell me what to do. I tell you what to do, body. I tell you what to do, flesh. <laughs> I'm going to read this Bible verse and then I'll let go. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. I got to hold it because this is the point. Then it'll hit you. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I train like a champion athlete. Here's the next verse. I subdue my body and get it under my control. Flesh, you don't get to tell me what to do. I subdue you so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. And listen, you're not just saying no to the hamburger. When you say no to the hamburger, when, when your flesh says, eat that hamburger, you go, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you're not just saying no to a hamburger. You know what you're doing? You're, you're, you're teaching your body. I'm not going to let you get me down. So, so it's not about hamburgers. Because one day your flesh is going to wake up and want you to be depressed. And when depression tries to get you down, you go, ah, the joy of the Lord shall be my strength. You're married. You want to stay married. But, but, but there's something inside your flesh that wants to look and your eyes wander and then your, your body wants to pull you down. But through this fast, you're going to learn to put your body in this place. You go, ah, eyes, the wife of your youth shall be the place where you find pleasure. I don't need no one. I got one. She's great. She's awesome. I'm going to put my flesh in this place. And guess what? There's a great side effect that happens when your flesh gets weak. Your spirit, 
get stronger. And all of a sudden, the things that used to break you don't break you. Now you break through. You break through. My final point. Fasting leads to breakthrough. Fasting leads to breakthrough. Fasting leads to breakthrough. You understand breakthroughs when you understand plateaus. Right, Jeremiah? You and me, we're gym partners. Not really, but I can't work out with you because you're on another level. But I like to look and appreciate, you know, what God's doing in your life. Inspire me. It's hard when you've been going to the gym for a while, like Jeremiah has. I saw pictures of him. He used to be real skinny. Now he's all whatever. But you know, if you just start going to church, I'm sorry, if you just start going to the gym, you know, you got this thing called new beginnings. It's the best. Like if you're like a skinny little teenager, like get in the gym. Within two months, your body will transform. It's called new beginnings. It happens quick. You get built, all that stuff. But when you've been going for a while, you know, how long does it take you to go like five pounds higher in a weight? Weeks. To go five, just five pounds. That's two and a half, two and a half. Weeks. Sometimes it can take months, a month to add five pounds to your weight. A month. Why? Because it doesn't come as fast as you want anymore. You know what we call that in working out? Because we call it in the same in church, plateaus. Sometimes if you've been doing this church thing for a while, or just this life thing for a while, your new beginning season is over. And you hit these plateaus. Where it's like, I want to do more, but I... I've been stuck in this place. You could be stuck at 95 pounds for weeks, for months, for years. Have you ever been stuck in life for weeks, for months, for years? Just, it just feels all the same. I'm just hitting a plateau. Here's what fasting, here's what you need to do. Call a fast. Fasting helps you break through plateaus. Fasting helps you break through plateaus in your struggles. In your struggles. Four areas. The first one, I'll get these real quick. Put it on the screen. Breakthrough plateaus in your struggles. When you got an enemy that's coming against you and you want to break through that struggle, you want to overcome that thing, that issue, that addiction, whatever. You know what the kings would do back in the Bible times when they had an enemy that would overwhelm them? He would say, gather all the people and call a fast. And the king fasted, the, the officials fasted, the parents fasted, the kids fasted, even the animals fasted. He said, your dog ain't eating today. Everybody's fasting. Why? Because we got an enemy in our life that we can't overcome without God's help. If you've got an enemy in your life that you cannot overcome and you've been battling it for years, call a fast. Call a fast. Call a fast. You can break through. You can break through plateaus in your abilities. You want to do something big this year, but it's way bigger than you? Break through plateaus in your abilities. Put it on the screen. Call a fast. One time there was a a demon that the disciples could not cast out. So they brought this demon to Jesus and Jesus casted the demon out. And you know, the disciples asked to Jesus, how come you could cast out this demon, but we can't? You know why Jesus didn't answer with? Because I'm Jesus. That would have been like the best answer because I'm the son of God and I can do what I please. You know what Jesus told the disciples? He said, the reason why you guys couldn't cast out this demon is because some things cannot be done except through prayer and fasting, he said. That means... If you're planning on starting a business this year, this is a great time to call a fast. If you feel like you're going to get married this year, it's a great time to call a fast. If, if, you, if you're looking to buy a house this year and you don't have the money, the, this is a great time to call a fast. Because I don't think I can do this without your help. Also, you can break through plateaus of pain. Break through plateaus of pain. 2021 has been a hard year for a lot of people. One of my good friends who comes to this church lost his dad to a heart attack on Christmas Eve this year. Christmas Eve? And then to carry that pain with you in your new... We've all lost people. That hurts. You know what fasting can do? Fasting can heal. Maybe some of us are walking through a divorce in 2021, but we started the process in 2020. Maybe we found out that our spouse wasn't faithful last year, and it's, but we're still lingering in the pain. You want to get over it? You want to find healing? Call a fast. Call a fast. And lastly, and this one is my, my heart cry. This is my prayer. It has to do with the vision next Sunday, which I hope you come for. But we'll close it right here. Breakthrough plateaus of passion. Can I tell you, this is why I fast every January and have for the last, I don't know, 
16 years of my life, 17 years of my life. Because I'm around this so often, it becomes normal to me. And I lose some of the energy and the animation and the, and the passion. So every January, I got to call a fast so that I can break through plateaus in my passion for this and for Jesus and for God. Gotta, I got to do it. I got to do it big. And I think this is the one that hits a lot of us because if we're not careful, we can be around Jesus so often, right? And so long where it's like, oh, you know, it's just God. It's just church. You know, it's just whatever, right? been experiencing him my whole life. I joked in one of the services, you know, you should be offended when people tell you. We usually get offended when people don't say thank you. But really, we should be offended when they say thank you and not offended when they don't because when they say thank you, someone says thank you because you did something they didn't expect. Like they was not expecting you to do something nice. So when you did it, they go, oh, thank you. But you know, when you've gone beyond expectations, when you're so reliable that they don't even say thank you anymore. Like you're just so clutch, like you're always helping. So you're like, I don't wanna say thank you. It happens every day without me even trying. Why would I say thank you? God is so clutch, so reliable, so good that the first time he rescued us, we said thank you. But he does it so often now, we lose sight of how amazing his salvation really is. And can I tell you what my prayer is for you? My prayer for you in 2022, again, this has to do with the vision next Sunday. I want y'all to be Everybody here who's a member, everybody who's watching me online, I want you to be crazy, madly, deeply in love with Jesus Christ. Like, like, like cuckoo crazy for Jesus. Like, but in a good way. And maybe even in a little weird way. Like, do we all have, can we just, do y'all have that weird friend in your friend group that always makes it about God even when they shouldn't? You know, like they pray for the McDonald's food, even though not even Jesus. Bless McDonald's food, right? But, but like, like you're in the middle of a situation and they just, they just talk about God all the time. Like you want advice and they're like, let's pray. And you're like, can we just not for a second? And they're like, no, yeah. Like you're sick and, and like they, they, they pull out oil. Are you ready? I want you to be that person this year. I want you to be the weird Jesus person in your friend group. Then when someone gets sick, you go, man, did you go to the doctor? Yeah, I went. Man, did you take your medicine? Cool. Good, now that you've done all that, I actually got some oil in my kitchen. Oh, I don't got no oil. What you got? Crisco, vegetable, what you got? We'll use it. I got some lemon juice. We'll just squirt a lemon on your forehead. Right your head on it, man. I want you to be the person who's always bringing up Jesus and always, I want you the guy at the gym listening to worship music as you lift. I was kidding, I don't even do that. But you know, just, just Jesus is in your heart and in your head. He's all you can think about because he's been so good to you. And when you smile, he shines through you. And you have a peace and it comes through you. You got a joy and it comes through you. I want him to absolutely possess every part of your life so that just by you being alive, you preach the gospel to people who have no hope and who are sick and are dying just because you love them so much. I want that for you to be out of your mind passionate about this God that we serve. Because I know that if that happens in your life, everything else lines up. And I think it's time to get there, y'all, from being average with God to being crazy for Him in love with them. So here's how you fast. Two things really quickly. Number one, you got to set a goal. Set a goal. Set a goal. You got to have a fasting focus. Don't just go into your fast without something to aim for. Every fast needs to have a focus. I got four focuses for this year. You can have 20, 30. Remember, you can't put too much on the list for God. If it matters to you, it matters to Him. So if it's a, a, your new business that started, then talk, Lord, I'm fasting for success in my new business. If it's a man you're looking for, Lord, I'm fasting for a man. If it matters to you, it matters to God. And let me tell you, there isn't a decision. After deciding who you, after deciding the God that you serve, deciding the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, is probably the second biggest decision you'll make. So why not fast about it? Looking to get pregnant this year? God, I'm fasting for an open womb. Open womb, I'm blessed with my breakthrough, Lord. But you gotta have a focus and write it down. Don't imagine it. Don't like 
internalize it. No, get a piece of paper, write it down. Why? So when it happens, you don't give props to your workout routine. When you get married, you'll be like, because I got in shape. No, you wrote it down in January. You told God and God did it in your life. Give him credit for the miracle. And lastly, you got to decide what kind of fast. We'll close right after this. Decide. There's four types of fasts you can start. So next Sunday, you're going to join us on one of these four. I'm just saying it prophetically. You're going to join us. First kind of fast is a complete fast. This is a fast that is absolutely no food. It's just liquids. I did this first two years of Journey Church. Just water. Uh, did it. I tried to go 21 days. The furthest I can go is 15. Um, it might sound crazy to you, which by the way, weightlifting is a lot like fasting because it's intimidating. It's not. It's not reserved for bodybuilders. It's for anybody who wants to get in shape. Fasting has a lot of natural health benefits. You can Google all about it. I'm starting with the most extreme, but you don't have to do this. But if you feel like you need progressive overload, you've been fasting for a lot of years, you want to do something different, something that's going to challenge you, then this is your, you can mix it up. You can do this for three days. Three days just liquids and then change it up after that. But changed my life. It was such an experience. That's complete fasting. For others, maybe something that would fit your lifestyle more is a selective fast. Selective fast is when you say, well, there are certain types of food I'm not going to eat for the 21 days, just 21 days. Maybe you go, I'm going to just be vegan for 21 days, like a Daniel's fast. I'm just going to eat best, no meat for 21 days. I got a friend who said, I'm doing no fast food for 21 days. I'm or eating out for 21 days. I'm just going to make every meal at home for 21 days. That's going to be my fast. Make my meals at home. For some people, I'm not saying that this is the Lord. I'm just saying, because some of y'all going to shout at me when I say this. Maybe you say for 21 days, I'm fasting coffee. Somebody said, next point. <laughs> next point right now. I'm not saying that that's what God's asking you to do. I'm just saying it's an idea that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, lay this down for 21 days. This type, that's a selective fast. So you got complete, selective. You got partial fast. This is the third type of fast. This is where you say, hey, I can eat whatever I want, but I'm going to eat a certain times of the day. So I'm going to eat while the sun is up, I'm not going to eat. Also known as intermittent fasting. While the sun is up, I'm not going to eat. But when the sun sets, I'm going to eat. It's just part of the day. You eat, part of the day you don't. So that's another way you can do it. And the last one is probably one of the easiest, but also one of the hardest. And it's a soul fast. This is where you fast something that your heart kind of depends on a little bit. What am I talking about? Well, I'll just share what my wife and I are fasting. For my wife, she's fasting social media for 21 days. She just, want, she just doesn't want to become too dependent on it. So she's going to say no to, to social media for 21 days. For me, I'm fasting TV and movies for 21 days. Because TV and movies is kind of like my sanctuary outside of Jesus. is where I run to when I want to disconnect and I want to rest and relax. I just pop on the TV and I watch. And that's cool. But, but now, because listen, fasting isn't just abstaining from, it's replacing with. So now, instead of running to TV and movies, when I feel like I need some energy and some rest, I'm going to run for the 21 days to the Word. I'm going to run to worship. I'm going to run to God's presence. I'm replacing, I'm replacing. So whatever you're abstaining from, make sure to replace it with God. So that's a, a soul fast. For some people, it could be substances. It could be, you know what, no alcohol. It could be no weed for 21 days. Um, something that you feel like your soul depends on. To, to make it through but for 21 days I'm going to just lay this down so the Lord and I'm going to replace it that's next Sunday be praying I'm teaching you this so we can advance so I want you to start next Sunday strong 21 days with us amen amen bow your heads close your eyes let me pray for you I told you this message was for believers but praying and fasting if you want to get a part of this listen the first thing you got to do is not pick a fast or decide when to pray the first thing you got to do is decide to follow Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. There are people in this room today who have been invited to church and it's because your life has been tough and rough up until this point. 2021 was not kind to you and you know, just like people join a gym in the new year, a lot of people come to church in the new year because they want to start fresh. If you want to start fresh this year, every day in Jesus is New Year's Day. All it takes is a raised hand and a declaration and a confession that you want God in your heart and in your life. So if you're in this room, and you'd like Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, you want to start fresh today. When I say three, raise your right hand to the sky. Jesus, I need you in my heart. All over this building, there's going to be hands, so you won't be alone. If that's you, on three, raise your right hand. Jesus, I need you. I want to start this year off right. One, two, three. Right now, raise that right hand. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Come on, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. 
if you raised it or if you didn't raise it, I want everyone to praise this to pray this prayer with me. Whether you raise your hand or not, everyone say, Father God. Father God. I want to be new. I want to be new. And I know I can be new in you. In you. I make you I make you the cornerstone of my life. The cornerstone of my if life. If we're good, if we're good, it's all good. It's all good. Forgive me for my past. I start fresh today. I start fresh In today. Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, give it up for all those. Come on, let's stand on our feet and worship God. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, Join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.